Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and Intentional Ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. Hey everyone, we've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus News. I have categorized them into rewilding, drawdown, divestment, and cash money. These stories are truly incredible and also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. All right, in the first category of rewild, this article is based off of a press release, but it's out of floridapolitics.com. Rare Florida butterfly bounces back, offers lessons for saving other critters. The Shouse swallowtail butterfly is a remarkable insect. Fully grown, it's as big as a man's hand. Its wings are a deep chocolate brown, striped in yellow with a dramatic dash of blue. And it has the rare ability to stop suddenly in midair, then fly backward to flee from birds and other predators. Yet it couldn't avoid the one-two punch of insecticide and habitat loss that landed the Shouse swallowtails on the endangered species list in 1976. The Shouse and the Bahamian swallowtails hold the dubious distinction of being the first butterfly species to be put on the federal list. Then in 2012, biologists searching the islands in Biscayne Bay found only four left, three male, one female. Those are very bad odds for future survival of a subspecies. This summer, there was a press release that said Florida volunteers see record numbers of endangered Shouse swallowtail butterflies. These diligent souls counted 1,700 swallowtails, marking a more than 400-fold increase in the butterfly's population size. This is the largest number they've seen since the mid-1990s, and seeing this turnaround in the past nine years has been a real success story. Uh, The rewilding here comes from decades of wild capture, rearing in labs by committed scientists and volunteers, habitat protection, restoration, and release. The next story is out of mongabay.com. Thanks to the Yurok tribe, condors will return to the Pacific Northwest. The California condor is a creature of great cultural significance to the Yurok tribe in what is now Northern California, but was wiped out from their ancestral territory by the early 20th century. Tribal elders made the decision to bring the bird back in 2003, kicking off years of research and outreach to pave the way for this critically endangered species return. This past spring, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service finally gave the green light for a population of California condors to be re-established in the Pacific Northwest. The first four will be released this coming spring. Second category is drawdown. There's some big ones in this one. Uh, The first one is coming from msn.com. 
China pledges to stop building coal-burning power plants abroad. China's pledge to stop building new coal-fired power projects overseas could improve the reputation of its massive Belt and Road Initiative, said Jin Lu Quinn, president of Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank. Coal projects have been a consistent feature of the BRI in the last few years. But China has started to move away from such projects and has not invested in any new coal plants in the first half of 2021, according to Beijing-based think tank International Institute for Green Finance. This next one is from the Washington Post. The Environmental Protection Agency will cut greenhouse gases thousands of times more powerful than CO2. The agency's final rule will slash the use and production of hydrofluorocarbons, widely used in air conditioners, refrigerators, and other appliances, by 85% over the next 15 years. The Biden administration will finalize its first new climate rule, slashing the use of greenhouse gases warming the planet at a rate hundreds to thousands of times higher than carbon dioxide. The Environmental Protection Agency regulation, which establishes a program to cut the use and production of chemicals known as hydrofluorocarbons in the United States by 85% over the next 15 years, implements a law passed by Congress last year. There is broad bipartisan support for curbing these super pollutants, which are short-lived and often used in refrigeration and air conditioning. So then this next category is divestment. Uh, the first one here is out of thehill.com. Boston University to end endowment investments in fossil fuels. I think it was our last episode or maybe the previous episode where we mentioned that Harvard had just completed doing this. Um, so it's empowering to see Boston University doing the same. Boston University will divest its endowment from fossil fuels, President Robert A. Brown announced in a letter. Brown said the university's board of trustees voted to drop all fossil fuel investments after previously voting in 2016 to divest from tar sands and coal. He added that the university will immediately commit to no further direct investments in fossil fuel extracting companies and divest from all current direct investments. The school will shed all of its other indirect investments over time. But he added that in the case of current private fossil fuel investments, the process may take up to a decade. Along with divestments from universities, Reuters is reporting that the MacArthur Foundation has announced that it will divest from fossil fuels as well. The $8.2 billion MacArthur Foundation said it would divest from fossil fuel holdings with changes to its equity indexes, becoming the largest foundation to move money away from the oil and gas sector. MacArthur President John Palfrey said it would go further and switch its equity exposure to indexes that exclude companies with fossil fuel reserves. The foundation also uses externally managed funds and has told those firms it wishes to be divested from fossil fuels, Palfrey said in an interview. Ellen Dorsey, executive director of the Wallace Global Fund, another philanthropy who tracks the area, said MacArthur is the largest foundation in the world to commit publicly to fossil fuel divestment to date. The MacArthur Foundation had $8.2 billion in total assets as of December 30th. The amount of its fossil fuel holdings was not immediately available, though. Along the lines of investments and money is our last category here, cash money. The um, first one, 
The first story here is out of sanfrancisco.cbslocal.com. California rolls out biggest climate package in state history with an unprecedented $15 billion investment. With ash falling from the sky from nearby from the nearby KNP complex fire raging among California's famed Sequoia Groves, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed a $15 billion climate package, the largest such investment in state history. We have a responsibility in California to get things done because we are the tip of the spear of a simultaneous crisis that is the reality of climate change, Newsom said standing in front of the national park sign wrapped in aluminum foil to protect it from the flames. The extreme weather, all the events that have led to unprecedented wildfires, more frequency, duration, intensity of wildfires like we have never seen before in our lifetime. The money Newsom approved is the final piece of the state's $262.5 billion operating budget. The spending Newsom approved also includes $1.2 billion for things like water recycling projects, cleaning up contaminated water sources, and grants to help communities plan for climate change. This last story is also from Reuters.com. Philanthropists pledge record $5 billion to protect nature. Philanthropists and investors committed $5 billion to nature restoration and conservation, a move environmental activists welcomed as the highest sum of private funding ever pledged. The funding, pledged at an event on the sidelines of the United Nations General Assembly in New York, will focus on the 30 by 30 target, which aims to protect 30% of the planet's land and water over the next decade. Scientists and conservationists say this is key to protecting biodiversity, which encompasses millions of species in natural processes in ecosystems such as rainforests and oceans, and is under threat from human-driven activities such as industrial agriculture, fishing, and greenhouse gas emissions. Some $150 billion a year is currently pledged on conservation and so-called nature-positive initiatives that prevent degradation of nature, but up to $1 trillion a year is needed to halt and reverse biodiversity loss, according to the Convention for Biodiversity, an intergovernmental UN agency that leads global biodiversity negotiations. All right, I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to your month, and I look forward to sharing more in the future.